Hey, Adam Katz from DogtrainerToolbox.com, as well as the Dogtrainer Marketing Group on Facebook. There was a post made, it wasn't in one of the groups, it was, I think, just an independent post on Facebook, where the Facebook user was asking the question about different pros and cons regarding um, buying into a dog training franchise versus being an independent. And I'm doing this video, I'm not going to address all of the different pros and cons, regarding one or the other. I just wanted to address some of the comments that were made because some of the comments were so frigging stupid that I felt like if I didn't address them, there would be a huge injustice done to humanity because God forbid posts are made on Facebook uh, that are inaccurate and somebody like me doesn't come along and, and correct them. So um, bear with me here. The, uh, the first response that really tickled me was the one that said, um, you know, I, I don't want to buy into a dog training franchise because I don't want to work for somebody else. Okay. Working for somebody else is called being an employee. Being your own boss is called being a business owner. You can be a business owner and be a, a franchisee, or you can be a business owner and be an independent. So why these people get online and even, you know, type up responses to things without even having a basic knowledge is it's just an injustice to humanity and that again that's why i'm here to set things straight for you guys number two guy wrote uh, some of the best dog trainers i know can't run a business but some of the best businessmen i know can't train dogs most franchises i know are all e-collar based and have no skill set at all so you choose now, let me provide some context here. I've been in the dog training business for over 25 years at this point. I've owned three different dog training businesses in three different cities. I've been doing this since the early 90s when kind of dog training came into its own and you started seeing individuals start to make a living, make a full-time living as a professional dog trainer. Now, there were some guys doing that before that and, you know, boarding kennels that also offer training and stuff. But generally speaking, the industry really started to come into its own in the early 90s. Although it is still a very undeveloped and and not completely, uh, what would the expression be? Um, not completely mature market at this point. Now, that being said, I know a, a large percentage of the people operating successfully in this industry. My business now is we, we run Google AdWords campaigns for many, many uh, dog training business owners across America as well as internationally. And I can tell you in my experience, there's absolutely no correlation between whether somebody is a franchise owner or an independent as to whether or not they're a great dog trainer. Many of the best dog trainers are franchise owners. Many of the best dog trainers are also independents. There's no correlation, guys. There just isn't. So now, are there certain franchise operations that are better than others? Yeah, of course, like in any, indus any industry. And it's important to recognize that a lot of the organizations, the groups promoting themselves as franchises aren't actually franchises. They're license or licensee operations. And that's an important distinction that you're going to want to look into if you are considering buying into a franchise. There's a difference. There's a legal difference. Um, and one has to be run differently than, than the other. And there's a lot of implied things that come with a lot of these licensee agreements that aren't actually 
deliverable in a legal sense. So um, know what you're getting into, you know, do real research. You're not going to get that just, you know, getting responses from a post on Facebook. Um, as to the claim, most of the franchises I know are all e-collar based and have no skill set at all. So you choose. Well, the reality is one of the largest franchises out there is not e-collar based at all. It's Barkbusters, and they are mostly, my understanding, a purely positive training approach. Um, I don't personally recommend them, but you know they're they're big and they're one of the biggest. So when somebody says that you know most of the franchises uh, are all e-collar based, uh, it's just that isn't true right off the bat. Um, now, as far as skill set, well, in my experience, there's there's kind of a pro and a con here. Um, a lot of the franchise operations, in my opinion, don't give their franchisees enough instruction going through a two-week or a three-week program and then sending them out to start their business. Um, in my opinion, that is just not enough. I mean, you need, you know, I think at least probably four to six months, if not more, of mentorship, maybe a year of mentorship to really be a competent dog trainer. However, there is a caveat to that. A lot of these franchise operations have put their people through their two or three week program and those people end up becoming excellent trainers. Now, in the beginning, could they have been better servicing their clients better? Hard to say. The better ones offer continuing education and those dog trainers continue to grow in their skill set. But when you look at really competent dog trainers, many are franchise owners, so they must be doing something right. So factor that into the equation. The next comment that kind of grabbed my attention was, um, you know, if you're an independent, you're free to train as you feel best. There's no cookie cutter training to follow. Nobody to tell you to just slap an e-collar on with no proper foundation like a few of these big dog training franchises encourage. Yeah, that's kind of a slam. I, I, and I don't think it's fair. You know, I think that, you know, it, even if you're going through an intensive, you know, 14 hour a day, three week program, you're going to at least have a good foundation as to how to use the remote collar. The other thing, as far as I know, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe that you have to absolutely follow any one training method. There's maybe one that's promoted. And maybe in the case of Barkbusters, they don't want you using aversive training tools like prong collars or remote collars. But most of the balance training franchise and licensee operations, I don't think they're saying you have to do it absolutely the way that we taught you. Most of them, in my experience, you're free to do, you know, pretty much whatever works or whatever you feel best. So it's a little bit of an unfair slam. The next comment was, unless you like building somebody else up, lining their pockets, going down with them when you weren't at fault, being bossed around to train one way and not being able to grow independently. Mm, I'm not so sure about that one. Um, you know, it's when you buy into a franchise, you are buying into a larger brand, you know, you buy into McDonald's, you know, you're promoting corporate McDonald's as well as your own independent location. That's one of the benefits you get from buying into a franchise, uh, which does lead into the next point, which I think is related. The poster says, owning a franchise, you get brand recognition and marketing assistance. Now, you do get, you do get marketing assistance, 
Um, how good that marketing assistance is, is open for debate. Um, brand recognition, brand recognition does not matter one bit in a marketplace that is not yet matured. So consider the following. The most famous dog trainer in history, Caesar Milan, because he's had several TV shows, your average dog owner, if you ask them, can you name me one dog trainer, can't even come up with Caesar Milan's name. Okay, so now you're telling me that a some franchise operation has a brand that supposedly is going to give you a leg up in the industry. Now, maybe they'll have branding material. Maybe they already have a logo design and they'll have graphics to give you for a truck so that on day one you can get off the ground running. And that is a benefit. But it's not like buying into a Dunkin Donuts franchise or a McDonald's franchise because this market just simply isn't mature enough. So throw that out of the equation. You know, there's good reasons to buy into a franchise and there's not so good reasons, but that, that one shouldn't even be part of the, the discussion at this point. The person goes on to say, um, split the profit. Uh, yeah, you're not splitting the profit when you buy into a franchise. I mean, maybe at most you're kicking in 5% typically. Uh, a lot of them, you're giving them 500 bucks, maybe 1%, but you're not splitting the profits. I mean, look, no, no business person is going to be splitting uh, the profits with a franchisor. Now, some of these licensee operations or license operations uh, may be less scrupulous in, in exchange for not proffering a larger investment. They work something out where you are having to pay 50% of your revenue until you've paid off that initial licensee fee. But that's something else. Let's not confuse the two. Um, this poster goes on to say, staying independent, you have to build your brand brick by brick, uh, throw all of your time, money, and patience into marketing and wait for the return. You don't have to cut the profit and can train your own way. Well, again, you're only cutting the profit. Uh, you're only cutting a small percentage of the profit. And if it's a good franchise operation or even a licensee operation, you're, you should be getting back more than you're spending. It's like any other investment. You're investing to get back a return. Now, if it's not a good return, then don't enter, enter into the franchise contract or the licensee contract. It's as simple as that. Just like any other um, you know, business arrangement, if you're not getting more than you're spending, then it isn't a good deal. But you can't just fault franchisees for that. I mean, that's inherent to any type of business arrangement. Your clients spend money with you to so that you can help them train their dog because they anticipate getting more value back than they're spending. It's no different with a franchise operation. Now, are there good franchise operations out there? Are there bad franchise operations out there? Yeah, of course, that's a separate issue. Um, and then the, the piece de resistance number six, you'll lose passion working for someone. Okay, dummy, look, again, just because you own a franchise or you buy into a licensee operation, you're not working for somebody else. That's called being an employee. Also, Passion for something is not determined by whether you're an employee or you're a business owner. Now, the reality is in the dog training industry, it is a high burnout profession. Whether you're the business owner or you're the employee, that doesn't matter. Okay. As an employee, if you're working for a good business, maybe you'll be less likely to burn out because you're only putting in the 40 hours a week. Whereas the, the business owner, especially the, the independent business owner, um, be it a franchise owner or just an independent is 
probably going to be working a lot more than 40 hours a week, maybe 60 or 120 hours a week. Um, so there is a higher correlation, I think, to burnout when you're the business owner. But at the same time, if you can scale up quickly enough and delegate some of the responsibilities, the, the high uh, the high burnout responsibilities to some of your employees to spread some of that risk out, so to speak, um, then you're in a much better position than maybe just being an employee. So again, none of this is relevant to specifically buying into a franchise. All of it is relevant to being just a business owner and whether you're an independent or a franchise operator, th those aren't the issues. Now, there are extreme pros and cons to buying into a franchise or a license op licensee operation uh, versus being in, in independent. And it's a lot like saying, you know, should I marry the blonde or should I marry the brunette? Well, a lot of that depends on you. Now, for me personally, it wouldn't make sense to buy into a franchise um, just because I'm very, very good at marketing. I don't I already have experience running five or six or seven different businesses. I don't need necessarily that kind of support. I'm not saying there's not value in that. But for me personally, it probably wouldn't make sense. I'm not going to say absolutely, but in most cases, it probably wouldn't. I haven't seen the value for myself. But for somebody that's new to the industry that doesn't know how to train, that's never run a business before, or maybe they have run a business before, but they're not completely comfortable with the industry, um, there is a good argument to be made to going with a franchise, but going with the right franchise. So it really comes down to you. It really comes down to what's best for you in your situation. And you really cannot make a, a blanket statement. I will say that, like I mentioned before, this is a very immature industry. The industry itself has not matured yet. So we're not at the point where like the coffee industry, where there's a Starbucks on every corner or the donut industry or many of these other industries that are dominated by franchises. We're not there yet. Hey, thanks for listening to my rant on the myths and facts of some of the myths and facts of going with a franchise versus being an independent. You know, whether you're a franchisee or a licensee or an independent dog training business owner, if you need more clients, if you want to get a consistent stream of desperate dog owners calling you every day or every week, every month, if you want to stop lying in bed wondering and worrying about how you're going to get your dog training business to the next level. My company, Brian Direct, we offer a 100% done for you Google AdWords management service from soup to nuts. All you're going to really have to worry about is just making sure you answer the phone because desperate dog owners are going to be calling you. If this sounds interesting, if you'd like to learn more about the typical results we're getting, how much it costs, the usual return on investment, visit dogtrainertoolbox.com and in the upper left hand corner you'll see a box that says expert google adwords management for dog trainers only click on that box you can read through that page and at the bottom of that page if it makes sense you can book a free 30-minute conversation with me so that we can get on the phone and try and figure out if what we're doing with google adwords would be a good fit for helping you grow your dog training business and get more desperate dog owners to call you Thanks again, guys. Curious about your comments and opinions, post below if you're watching this on Facebook or if you're watching this on my YouTube channel, Cats on Marketing. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts. Take care.